You're listening to Embolden Adventures. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, listeners and adventurers. Welcome to another episode of the Embolden Adventures podcast show. Embolden Adventures, be emboldened. Embolden Adventures is meant to inspire you to travel, to get out there, to explore, to learn. Let Embolden Adventures encourage you to take those steps to experience the world. Follow along on the adventure. Visit the website at emboldenadventures.com. Sign up for email updates on new content and ideas. Follow Embolden Adventures on Facebook and social media. And subscribe to the Embolden Adventures podcast show on the podcast page of the Embolden Adventures website. Please rate the podcast and tell us what you think. I... I'm tired from last night's ceremony. It's, I don't know, about four, four o'clock now in the afternoon. We just had completed ceremony five out of seven ceremonies doing ayahuasca, working with ayahuasca here in the middle of the rainforest in Iquitos, Peru. This video is a series about following my journey with working with ayahuasca at this retreat center with uh, 23 other people from around the world and the facilitators and the maestros and the maestros from the Shipibo tribe. This, uh, this ceremony was profound. They've all been profound, but this one's been kind of takes the cake so far in a great way. I mean, my brain's mush right now because it was so emotionally um, powerful. And every ceremony we're starting with, we start with an intention. We ask Mama Ayahuasca, the spirit in the Ayahuasca vine, to show us or teach us or help us with issues in our lives, you know, questions we have, improvements we want to make, or things we're seeking. And, you know, along the way, it's been a journey to learn what it is exactly this experience. It starts from, it has started so far of the seven ceremonies, uh, a journey of um, exploration to cleansing. And now we're in the realignment stage. The last stage, the seventh uh, ceremony in about two-ish, three-ish days now is going to be a kuna, which is the final kind of stitching up and, um, you know, kind of setting in all the good energetic work we're doing through the Icaros that the maestros and the maestros are singing. Yesterday, so when I signed off from making the video um, yesterday, yeah, um, you know, I was... I was confident, I was ready. I was reading my book, um, this book here, which I think is going to be important. It's Graham Hancock's Fingerprints of the Gods. Um, I think is my curiosity about, you know, the ancient alien world, old ancient mysteries, Machu Picchu, Egyptian pyramids, and where we're going uh, next in this five week adventure, where I'm going next, I should say, from Morocco to the rainforest of Peru, over to southern Peru and um, Bolivia, 
to visit Tiwanaku, which is an old ancient, um, ancient site. And so, you know, this book is about trying to explain the mysteries of these, you know, civilizations that lived 12,000 or so BC. But that wasn't really it. Um, the, the kind of experiences I got yesterday. So once I kind of finished reading and, you know, made my way over to the Maloka, the ceremonial center, um, before ceremony, before pre-yoga ceremony, uh, something happened. Like I, um, was walking over there. It was starting to rain a little bit and I was kind of in deep in thought, pensive, you know, preparing myself, you know, from a meditative sense and a Zen kind of, a Zen kind of mood, very pensive. And I was walking through the rainforest, trying to feel it all in sights and sounds, energies. And then I forgot something. I left my bag that I was taking for the evening with my pillow, my blanket, my headlamp, you know, my, um, my, um, essence of Florida, which is the, um, scented, um, perfumes that we were working with. I had it all with the exception of some like small little like zip up hoodie that I just thought I needed. And so I put my stuff down and I only really had a few minutes, about 10-ish minutes or so. And I ran back. I was like, oh no, I'm going to miss pre-ceremony yoga. And as I was running back, I kind of got into a panic because I've been so far removed from this world that I live in, New York, um, the day to day and trying to make sense of this new world that the ayahuasca spirit is introducing to us, you know, what the universe really looks like, what these multidimensional universes beyond, um, what we can see, feel, touch, hear, you know, our five senses in the world that we live in right now as humans. Um, there's this multi, multi, like multi-dimension universe that is consciousness. And it's just a really strange place and we're gradually getting introduced to it. You know, it may feel like psychedelic trips. It's just, there's a powerful spirit that's helping us within our bodies, you know, externally through our working with our subconscious. It's, it's a beautiful, divine, real, gorgeous spirit that is um, helping us heal. And, you know, because we're so immersed far away from everything, I still haven't, you know, I think it's been like day, I don't even know what day, day eight, day nine, day 10, where I haven't, you know, touched the news. I have no idea what's going on. Um, we haven't had any contact with the external world, no phones, my phone isn't working. And so, um, you know, I'm in this kind of like limbo stage of like the old world and this new world that I'll be um, kind of coming back to as a, I think, a positively changed person. And as I'm running back to this tambo, you know, these tambos are house that is these individual living, living places that protect us from the rain. Um, it started to flood all this kind of feelings of like the everyday life and like the concept of time, the concept of being late, the concept of, um, it's a construct really. Time is just a fictitious construct in this, in this material world. And it's made up and it's something we're adhering to that is something that, uh, that other people are imposing on one another. 
And by being late and feeling anxious about being late to something in a universe that is, there's no such thing as time and everything is, is as it is, the concept of anxiety and being anxious about being late is, um, is just, it's, it's not real. And so as that was happening, like one of my intentions last ceremony this last night was to work on my anger and to show me where the source of my anger is and why do I get angry and how do I work with it constructively going forward? Cause anger is a natural emotion. It's human. It belongs in this three dimensional world. It has a place, but it doesn't have a, it doesn't belong in the higher kind of, um, dimensions like where love and consciousness and, and the one, the one source, the one kind of motion, you know, God energy is, is there's no such thing as anger and anxiety and hate and jealousy and impatience and, and all that. It's, it's a lower energy, lower vibration kind of emotion and feeling belongs in this world. And so as I was being flooded with anxiety and like, oh no, like it all came over me. I was getting mad. I was thinking about Donald Trump. I was like, fuck him. And I was just coming, I was just getting really like anxious and like panicky. It was like panic. And, um, you know, I was making my way to the, to the Maloka in the yoga studio for the pre-yoga. And when I got inside, my friend Michelle could feel my anxiety and walked over to me. It was because it's dark; like it's really hard to see. It's only illuminated by um, by the uh, diesel lamps, the fires. And so I was. I walked over to get the chair, and I was trying to set myself up for the ceremony. And and even though it's dark, it's like she could feel my energy. And she walked over in a very calm way, because her ceremony the night before. She um, well, not this past night. The prior ceremony, she met Jesus and she feels like she hit nirvana and she's in this really amazing bliss state even to today. It's just, it's something where she's ascended and it's awesome. And she does Kriya Yoga and, you know, she's the one who brought me here in the first place. And so, you know, she's in this kind of like elevated, like higher consciousness right now. And it's just awesome to see her be in this amazing state. And, and she's really influencing a lot of us um, at this retreat center, um, you know, with the answers she's, she's found about God and, and the, such certainty about, you know, what, what is love. And she felt my energy. She walked over in a very slow, calm way and grabbed my head and kissed me on the forehead. And I told her, I said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to do this. I'm really anxious. And this is the first time I've really been afraid. I, I haven't been scared the entire time. I've seen demons in this um, in these ceremonies. I've you know gotten to the brink of total surrender with um, you know Mama Ayahuasca within me, the spirit kind of permeating my body in a multi-dimensional, colorful way. You know, it's unlike anything we humans have experienced. I'm telling you right now, it's it's gorgeous. Um, but I'm be I'm getting used to it as we go ceremony by ceremony. And I just had this feeling that I was totally going to surrender and cross the path, the crossover, you know, and, and I had to keep thinking about my mantras, magic takes guts and surrender and my amulets, my rings, and um, knowing that this is a journey that I can come, I'm going to come back to. So I'm going on a trip and I'm going to come back. And that's, those are the things I had to keep telling myself. 
because this was going to be real now. Like this is happening. I just felt it. This is happening. And then my friend Becky from the UK um, also felt it and rushed over and sat down next to me. And I was just telling her how I feel like I'm having a panic attack. And I don't know, like I was all these like random thoughts were going through my mind about like not being able to like share this with like the everyday American and, and, you know, I want to make sure everyone's just thriving and, and wellness and, and diet and, you know, clean eating. And, and it's just like, I, I felt like I belonged in San Francisco and, you know, people out there who are like exploring consciousness would get it, but no one else is going to understand this. And I just kind of felt very panicky, but you know, we had to start the yoga session. And so we sat down and thank God for that, because this time our yoga teacher, Connie, did a, um, a very intense breathing uh, session with us. And the entire time I'm breathing deeply, you know, we were doing counts of um, breaths in and out, you know, counts of six, counts of eight, counts of 12, and then exhaling, you know, double the amount. And as I was doing that, I could feel the tears just slowly streaming down my face because it felt like a panic attack. And, but I was being brave because I'm going to do this. And that's what I was dealing with. And then when we did this deep, deep meditation exercise, and, and I forgot what it was called. Um, it, was a, it was a technique where we would focus our breathing on our third eye. And then we would then eventually focus our breathing on our throat chakra. And she walked us through every of the seven chakras throughout our spine. And then she walked us through breathing, focusing the breath on this point of our shoulder where, where the, you know, sh the, whatever this is, the, I can't think right now. I don't know what this is. This is my shoulder <laughs> where the ball of my shoulder meets my arm and then continue where they're, um, the, the elbow and the wrist and then individual fingertips. And then you did it again and work your way back up. So that breathing exercise, that meditative practice in added to what we had done with the breathing exercises leading up to it, got me back to where I needed to be. I was centered and, and, and calm and confident and ready. And then, you know, as we, as we do, we bring, begin the ceremonies, um, the maestros and the maestros come in to the Maloka through the sacred door and they sit in the center and start smoking their mapacho cigarettes and um, Richard is whispering his shibibo, um, excuse me, that's not shibibo, he's whispering his, um, his ikaros into the ayahuasca bottle and gives it to Teresa and you know we go through the, we go through the process again, the ritual with uh, the facilitators. And my turn came and again I t I'm taking the biggest cup, I took the swig of the brew and you know it tastes like a sour wine of sorts with like lemon and bark and and it's it it's acidic and sour and it, it comes down my stomach and it kind of permeates my gut and and I sit there and I smoke the mapacho cigarette um maybe I can find it hold on I'll see if I can grab it and show you so the mapacho cigarette, this one, it's like half smoked. <laughs> this is the pure tobacco and I smoke it, just inhale it, but don't inhale it in your, in your lungs. It's just something where I watch the smoke. It's very calming. And this is the Florida um, kind of fragrance, the, the 
perfume and it has this distinct smell that, you know, the maestros use during their Icaros for you. And we, I get to take this home and this is going to be very sacred for me in my apartment or in life in general because the smell is going to remind me. It's going to bring me back to this place always. It's going to bring me back to the power of my ayahuasca. So this is going to be important. But what they're doing is they're singing their ikros, my prayers, essentially, into this. So everyone starts out getting one, and it was all the same, but now they're all uniquely different to us because of the energies and the, the prayers and the, the, the healings. See, it has my name on here. The healings that each are individually going into these. So this is that and my, my cigarette. So yeah, so I'm smoking the cigarette, and I'm feeling really good now. I got this. And let me just fast forward to the end. <laughs> um, hours and hours later, um, I was pumping my fists in the air because I was like, I did it. I did it. I'm brave. I'm strong. I'm confident. I am proud of myself. I'm just, just genuinely proud of myself. And going through what I went through last night um, was very, very tough and in a good way. It wasn't scary, but it was tough in a very good way. And I'm very proud of myself because I then compared and contrasted how I was feeling in yoga to how I was feeling at that point at the end and how I had grown in such a short period of time and how that person, their kind of perspectives, you know, that person who was in New York City who left to come here is just a shell. Oops, my alarm's going off. So, um, yeah, like that person who came here is just a shell of this person I'm becoming. And how there was such innocence and naiveness and, you know, I mean, it seemed, it seemed more profound when I was thinking about it. Now I'm just kind of at a loss because that person no longer serves me. That person is, is a, f a figment of society and got pushed around and basically did what society told her to do. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm not that person, but I am that person in a better way. And that's where I was like, wow, I was really worried about nothing. It, you know, the, the anxiety is, is not, um, it's fictitious as well. Like it was, it was, you know, what, what, what was making me so almost panicked doesn't matter. And it goes back to the first ceremony where I was pumping my hands up in the sky going, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Like it's, it's okay. No matter what. In fact, I'm better for it. And so really what my, and I could still see Park Avenue the whole time I was kind of anchored in this area on Park Avenue and like 30, um, 32nd street, this, this building that's green, it, it held me there. I could see myself in that setting. And so, yeah, so I asked, what's the source of my anger? And two things came from it. One, it was, I felt no one listens to me. Nobody's listening to me. I was screaming in my head. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody listens to me. That was number one. And number two, I didn't have a direct relationship with God. I doubted God. I, I was skeptical of God. I 
was superficial about God. I went through the motions about God. I believed the institutionalized, you know, description and um, assurance of God. And I let society, I let the material world, this three-dimensional world that we all live in, I let that be my God. I let that world tell me what to do. I let that world dictate anything I did. And I put them in front of me and God. They mattered and they were the barrier. And so when I realized that, that was pretty profound. And then my second kind of intention, so that had to be addressed first. And then I could see Mama Ayahuasca um, come again. She's been in my body three times now. I saw her come and surgically remove hate from my heart. It was here. It was right here. And I could see her like a scalpel almost cut it out. I could feel it, the hate, the anger, all this kind of base emotions I talked about. And I saw her boop, pop it out. It like flew out that way. And it looked like the blackest black, the color, the blackest black color you could ever see. And it was shiny like obsidian, like a rock. And once that was addressed, then I went on to my second um, intention was, I want to believe in God. I want to trust. I want undying faith. I, won't, I don't want to doubt. And so Mama Ayahuasca invited God in. And it was white. It was just, you know, these are when the Icaros, you know, were really kicking in one by one. And it always has an effect after Richard and Benito come, because that's when I purge. And I purged. Purge did I purge? I purged all directions um, outside and came back in, and that's where the real magic, the real show, the real kind of fireworks begin. And so, yeah, so I purged, and um, and then I, I was doubting God. I was being really, like, doubtful and challenging, and I'm like, you know, show me your God. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And I kept talking to one of the maestros who kept coming. I'm like, I don't believe in God help me. I'm trying to deal with my anger, but I don't believe in God. I don't, I need to believe. I don't know how to believe. And then God, God looks to me again, the multi-dimension, you know, fabric, multi-universe, you know, dimensions within dimensions, colors. It's a white background. It's, it's really an essence. It's really a movement. It's emotion. It's an energy. And it's, it, I mean, I wish I could draw it from my head. It's so hard. To, it's, I can't describe it. It's, it's fractal. It's colorful fractals. It's, it's like, um, it's, it's like plants that are fractals, um, that just are patterns that build upon each other. And it's, but it's white and it's colorful and, and my friend's mother has a, um, a picture, a kind of like a plate in her kitchen from the 70s. And it's white with like, you know, orange and blue and, and kind of red flowers in the middle. It's kind of a 70s decor. And it just reminds me of that. Like that was, that's kind of an image of, of God. And so here's God and he's giving me a challenge. He's giving me my first order of business because he wants me to be a disciple and I don't believe him. I'm, I don't believe him and I don't trust him. I don't, what is this? What is this? And he wanted me to usher a spirit 
over to the Rainbow Bridge to the other side, like this one person's grandfather who um, is a very important person in our family. Um, he's ready to move on. He's older, he's sick, he's getting frail, and he's holding on. And I kept telling God, I'm like, I, it's not my responsibility. Like, it's not my job to tell him to go to heaven. It's not. And I was concerned about my friends, concerned about the family. I, I don't want them to be sad. Um, but God was making me be part of this experience to help him move forward to, you know, to heaven. And it's fine because I've seen it, you know, and I've seen my grandma here and I've seen my dog. And, I, you know, throughout these experiences, these ceremonies, like I know that no matter what, everything's going to be fine. Like it's a beautiful place. Like it's a beautiful place to be because we're infinite. And so we're part of consciousness. But I still had to, for some reason, I had to be involved in moving him forward. And finally I relented and I was like, you know, I, that was the first order of business in terms of responsibility. And then the floodgates came in terms of, I, I need to be responsible. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to be a matriarch of, fa of my family. I'm going to care for my parents. Um, I'm here for my parents and my family to help them understand about God. They're suffering in their ways. We're all suffering. And I'm here to be a beacon of hope for others. And I'm here to lead. I'm a leader. And that's what was in my vision during Dr. Brian Weiss, that you're going to be a leader. Um, but that's where the whole no one's listening to me is loud and clear because I felt, you know, here I am on a podium and I have all these faces looking at me waiting for me to speak. And they've been saying, well, we've been waiting this whole time for you to talk. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to say now. Now I don't know what to say. Now that people are listening, I don't know what to say. So I felt very confused. And again, challenging God, you know, is this real? What the hell's going on here? Why are you doing this to me? How do I believe? How do I, how do I work with you going forward? This is so fragile. And then eventually, um, I, you know, once Zekros came and went, um, I laid down in like a fetal position and, and tried to sleep under the covers a little bit while the other ceremonies were still going. And I felt shaking. I was violently shaking. And our facilitators say that shaking is a, is a very deep visceral response because animals, when, you know, if a gazelle is being chased by a lion and survives, the adrenaline, the anxiety, they shake it off. And then they, you know, let that trauma go and they don't keep it in there themselves. But trauma as humans, we keep it within. And so the shaking process, you know, that we don't do is um, a way to help kind of release the trauma. And I felt like I was birthing a boy and shaking it out. And that's when, um, that's when the, the sadness came over and I was just crying and I could see myself um, at NYU where I got my MBA and I was shaking violently. No one's listening to me. No one's listening to me. And I got my MBA while I worked full time at Wall Street. And it was a very, very hard time, I realized it. And I put myself in that situation. I put myself in the classroom. I felt very alone. I felt very strong. But I felt like there was so much pressure at work around me in the markets because the financial crisis happened in 2008, right when I finished my MBA. Um, and nobody's listening. The financial crisis, you know, it's a great recession. And I'm working smack in the middle of it in Wall Street in financial institutions group. And, you know, I also wrote a paper right before I graduated about the advent of electric cars. And, and to this day, I still love how I was very, very adamant about it 
because it was 2008 and this was before the Tesla Roadster was introduced. So this is really before Tesla. And if you can really imagine it, it's only been like 10-ish years or so now since there's been electric cars really in mass. And no one's listening to me, no one's listening to me, the environment, you know, renewable energy, no one's listening to me, the stock market. And that was kind of like a release. And then I could feel the world around me like crumbling because we all went through a global reset. It was just traumatic for the markets. And it was traumatic for me, but I could see myself in school and I could see like there were elements of God even within the homework, like, um, like discounted cash flows. There's a um, formula that works on limits. So in kind of mathematics, you can take formulas that keep going and going and going to infinity and it has a limit. So it says I equals, you know, one and then one to the N. And so however many N is, that's the formula in a summation. So I could see that in discount, so like Fibonacci numbers even, like all this kind of advanced math that's like the limit of. And I saw that and that to me is like, that sort of mathematically explains this multi-universe that I see, that is the oneness. And so God's like, I was here, I was here in your homework. I was here with you, even in your the kind of most loneliest times in school where you had a lot of pressure and you felt like the world around you was crumbling and no one's listening to you. And you're really trying your best to make good with your life, but, um, but it's really, you're really struggling right now. And so after that kind of, after that shaking, cause I was pulling my hair out. I was like just sobbing. It was just like, you know, a release of emotion and energy. And then um, I could see like NYU, I could see the campus. And to me it was in bulk, Bope's library, it's like, again, the patterns of the architecture, the patterns of the library itself, it's very reminiscent of this psychedelic world that I keep seeing that is the fractals of, um, of God. So it's in, again, back to some of the other ceremonies, God showed me that I've been with you for so long. Look at the patterns. They're in your apartment. Look at the, I've taken you along, you know, Park Avenue. Like, look at the green. Look at Central Park. I've been here this whole time. You just haven't seen me. I'm here. And I'm here in math. I'm here in, you know, architecture. I'm always here. And so this is where I was starting to like, okay, I'm starting to get it. And then I realized that I have a responsibility to share and tell. And I, and I could see myself talking to humanity and saying, listen, in a very loving, non-judgmental um, way, non-preachy, and I'm saying it now, like, this was the message I was saying to everyone, you know, protect the plants love animals, protect them, protect one another, be a community, love yourself, really be true to yourself and to others. Get rid of toxic masculinity, get rid of this, um, the way we're behaving where we're so zero sum game and, and really hurting one another. Um, come back to community, come back to protecting our environment you know, be responsible, live responsibly. Don't be ego driven. Don't be greedy. Be one with the creator, be one with one another. The creator lies within you. Be kind, be generous, you know, protect the plants, love animals. Don't eat them. Don't harm them. You know, it's that reciprocity that we talked about earlier with how the Shibibo people believe in reciprocity. It's, it's, it's abundance. It's give and take. It's giving more and taking as well. 
it's kindness. And, you know, it's amazing because one thing that they pointed out is in the rainforest, nothing keeps. Like, you can't, there's no refrigeration here. So, you know, things will rot, like food. So there's an abundance of food here that the rainforest provides, sustenance. But you have to share it and you have to have a feast because if you don't, if you hoard it, um, it's going to rot. So they have a practice of sharing and giving and being with and spending enough time with your family and don't overwork. Don't work 50, 60, 70 hours a week to pay rent for an overly expensive apartment. Don't buy 15 pairs of jeans. Don't be driven by materialism. You know, live within your means, live comfortably, like be loving be kind, be kind to yourself. Don't be, if you feel lonely, find your community, find God. Don't put this material world in front of you and God like I did. Cause I felt lost. I didn't feel he was real. And now I feel like I'm his disciple. And I also kind of went through some other like pleading with God about, you know, I'm, I'm, my job is to protect my dad. My job is to help him. My job is to help my family. My job is to show love. Um, I have a responsibility, and, and I'm taking this very seriously with integrity now. We're going to work on this in integration. Um, the facilitators haven't talked about integration yet, but the one person who interviewed me on Skype to allow me to come to this retreat, I had to get interviewed, and I filled out a very lengthy questionnaire. He'll be here tomorrow. He's coming in from Brazil, so I'm really excited to meet him in person. So he's one of the integration specialists, and they're going to start talking about how do I take these wisdoms I've learned here in the rainforest in a vacuum, so to speak, without any sort of distractions. With um, you know, we're sleep deprived a little bit. We're basically fasting intermittently. We're eating a very very clean diet. Like we're invoking, you know, m kind of a meditative state, regardless. And so this will go away. And one of my fears is how do I take what I've learned and really put it into practice and not let this be fleeting. And so they're going to give us tools, you know, to work with going forward about, um, you know, how do I practice this every day and change my life and change others? It's, 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 it's a lineage. Like I can now protect the, my future lineage because I'm breaking, you know, traumas from the past lineage. You know, I can help pay it forward. It's, it's just beautiful. Again, a multidimensional universe, like it's all kind of, it's all related. It's all per, a perfect oneness, but it's up to us. Our responsibility is to, is to rise to the call. And we don't sit idly here. Like even though the world is perfect as it is, we still have a job to do, each one of us. And that's why the ego is important, because we take it on as our individual self-responsibility. Yeah, so I'm here to, I won't go into the de the more personal details about like, my dad and, and others, but, um, I did ask God, I said, if you're, um, if you're asking me to do this awesome job, this awesome responsibility, I in return ask some things of you. And I really hope you follow through because if, you know, if it, if it doesn't, if, you know, I really want the gifts that I really need to help, you know, I need my support system. I need what I need, what I think I now know what I need. Um, to be a servant of God, I just want him to meet me halfway and, and or else I'm just going to feel really disappointed and um, angry and um, like I'll lose trust because it's so fragile right now. It's still very much a green shoot. And um, I feel I was saying to Becky this morning at our plant remedies, I was like, you know, I feel like it's a green little like 
plant that's just grown from the soil. It's so tiny, and if someone was to step on it, um, it will die, and it needs sunlight to grow and thrive. And that's where kind of my work with God is going to be going forward is the continuing thriving to grow this strong and mighty. But like anything right now where I feel like it's going to disrupt the process, where I feel like, oh, no, I I'm not getting what I need in order to fulfill this, um, I feel like I'm going to be really, really, really disappointed. And I think um, that's not going to be good for my soul. But I have that to work on for me. Um, and to, God said I can always see him in meditation. So that's good. Like I can go and just quietly reflect. And I have the tools for meditation. So he's always there. Um, meditation, yoga. Yoga's for the body. Meditation's for the soul. Yeah. Like I just don't want to be... Um, I'm trying to find the right word. Resentful. I don't want to resent God. That's one thing I'm really nervous about. It's delicate right now. Um, I did see Mama Ayahuasca in, in, in human form last night. And hold on, i got to get up again. This is the third time. But here's this feather. Look how big this feather is. How cool is that? It's massive. I put it in my hair. So Mama Ayahuasca showed me herself. And I now say she's my best friend. I told her we're best friends. And... Um, I said to her, I saw her, she looked like a Native American and she had a feather in her hair and she had long black flowing hair. And I went to a medium once in Staten Island. My aunt um, hosted a party, Dr. Um, Deborah Rose was the medium. And she said to me that she saw a, a spirit entity, like one of my spirit guides and it was Native American. It was almost grandma-like. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Turns out, I think it's Hi Mama Ayahuasca is my spirit guide, so I have the Native American feather. Um, and I saw her, I saw her, and then she had, like, half her face was the Icaros, and she had a red eye, like cyborg almost. And like I said, the Icaros are like these concentric circles that look like, um, you know, ponds. Like if you throw a stone in a pond and the, the little, like, ripples, so it's like a ripple effect. And she tried, I think she was trying to scare me by looking at me. And I'm like, I'm not scared of demons. I'm not. I'm not afraid of demons. I'm really strong. And so, um, so yeah, I got to see her. And, and then I found this feather this morning. It's the same color as my hair. And at group session, we were doing a lot of kind of personal, you know, a lot of sharing, a lot of kind of like, you know, ceremony two versus ceremonies five, four, five, three, four, and five, and how far along we've come, and we've all made significant progress. It's so beautiful how much, and we're all there for each other, and we're just like watching each other's progress, and, and we're just so proud of each other. And I said to Allie, who I was sitting next to, I said, um, and to Becky, I said, you know, the feather can change, a can change the world. It's like a butterfly effect. I said, the feather can change the world. I said, you know, John Hancock, you know, you can write. They wrote the Constitution on a feather. Ben Franklin, you know, the Founding Fathers. Like, it changed the world. A feather changed the world. So that was really cool this morning. Um, and, yeah, and so, like, my other intention, and quickly, because i got to go, is, and I think I'm going to learn this some more, hopefully in sessions six and seven, because who knows what's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, Graham Hancock, Fingerprints of the God. Like, this stuff is so interesting. It's like, you know, Tionaku. Machu Picchu, um, Chichen Itza, Egypt, ancient Egypt. And so there's, I think there's a quote in here, if I can find it. It's about Albert Einstein. Oh, here it is. I just, just turned to the page. See? Synchronicity. It says, if at first the idea is not absurd, then there's no hope for it. 
and I read this. This is one of the last things I read before I went to ceremony. And it's true, like this whole world I'm in is absurd. It's absurd. It's not the three-dimensional world we know. It's just, it's, it's unlike anything you've ever experienced. And it takes time to get used to it because it can get scary. It can be really scary. A lot of people in this retreat have been really scared. Not me, but, um, and maybe I'm scared, who knows. But um, yeah, so like as, as unbelievable as this world beyond the material world is showing itself to be, is as unbelievable as anything. Uh, it's a quote from Albert Einstein. It's, you know, I'm asking like, who were these people that built these monolithic structures? Easter Island, Stonehenge, what the hell is this? And they just happened to be different entities. We, they're just, they weren't human. They were in, they were not human. And so they, as I, in my kind of first ceremony, I lifted the stones with my hands, you know, from, from the ground. like they're just different beings of the same kind of oneness and maybe more advanced, who knows, but they lived on this earth just like you and I did. So as inconceivable as that could be, it's not impossible because of what we're experiencing. And like I said, I'm really happy to have these people with me because I think we're validating each other that this is something that, you know, we're not going crazy. I am very sane right now. Um, this is a powerful medicine that's very transformative and it keeps just, again, like fractals, it's, it's working upon itself. It keeps working with, within, within, and there's more wisdoms that keep coming over and over, um, over time. Like the medicine stays in your system for four days. And so, you know, I have a lot of compounding effects on it. It's still working. It's magic. Oh yeah. And I saw Willie, my dog, he came, his spirit came to me. Um, that was one of the last things. Um, he laid down to my side and I was really, I was really apologetic cause we didn't treat him well. He lived his life on a chain. He was hit by a car. All he wanted to do was be in the sunshine and be with us. And, you know, we kept him in, in the garage to sleep. Like he was very, we separated him from us and poor dog. He got hit by a car and it was really awful for me to say goodbye. Um, I didn't get to say, oh, actually, my dad took him to the vet and put him down, and it was really traumatic. But I've always thought about Willie, and I was like, oh, if your spirit's reincarnated, have you gone to a good family? I hope they're treating you well. And Willie came to me, and I apologized to him, and then um, I said to him, I said, Willie, you know, when, when time is right, you can be my dog again. You know, I would love for, I would love to have a dog, and I would be honored if you'd be my dog. And, and so... Um, he's coming back. So that made me feel good. And I told him, I'm going to treat him like gold, whatever he wants. He can sleep on the bed. <laughs> so anyway, um, I got to go because we got to do our plant remedies now. I'm going to meet with the maestros. And then, um, later this week, we're going to do a plant tour with them. We're going to walk around the grounds and they're going to show us all the plants. So hopefully I can take a video and you guys can come along there. And, I, and again, disclaimer, um, don't do ayahuasca alone. Like do it. I'm not, I'm not advocating you do it. And if you are going to do it, if you're curious about it, I would say do it responsibly with this facility, with facilitators, with the maestros and the ikaros, the singing, the, the songs, the healing songs, because we're all in agreement here that this is very powerful, all of us here, and it shouldn't be taken lightly and it should be done in, with the right community and the right support and the right therapy that comes along with it, the right community, as I mentioned, is extremely important. And with the maestros, like they're the ones, you don't see anything really without the songs, without the Icaros. I don't anyway. 
like the real magic happens when they sing you the songs. The plants told them the songs. It's 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 they read them like music notes. They 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 learn the songs when they're in isolation for a month in the jungle, and they're doing a strict diet. And you know, basically the essence the the essence of like a monk going to the mountains and meditating for for a month in isolation. Like they start to get a wisdom from the plants, and so they take that. And they work with us with that magic. So magic takes guts, surrender. Those are my mantras. Um, yeah, and uh, we're all on these. We're all on our own path, our own journey, and it's all uniquely individual for us. So I felt this is a calling, and I'm so glad I listened for me. But this is not to say that someone else needs to follow my exact path or is actually going to have the exact same experience I did because. Every ayahuasca experience is different for you and for others, and and it's powerful. But I do wish you inner peace, joy, love, happiness. I'm giving you lovely hugs through the video. I want to. Um, I just love everybody. It, I'm, I'm, and I'm hoping my my love for everyone and my understanding and my compassion, you know, stay with me forever because I think it's important because it's the butterfly effect, you know, by it's, it's exponentially amazing for the rest of the world and influential, I hope, but I'm not doing it purposefully. Like I'm not here to evangelize. I'm not here to force people to listen to me, like do what you want. Um, but I know that I have an awesome responsibility now to be a good person and to help others. So cool. <laughs> be emboldened, emboldened adventures. We'll talk soon. Adios.